Coming up in this week's Triton Spotlight, we're talking Triton track and field with new coach Kim Graham Miller. We'll talk about the challenges of taking over a storied program, just how important family is, and we'll relive what it was like to capture a gold medal at the 1996 Summer Olympic Games. Welcome to episode 78 of Triton Cast, the podcast for UC San Diego Athletics. I'm Jeff Turiel. Whether you found us on UCSDTritons.com or on your favorite podcast platform, thank you for making us part of your day. If you enjoyed the show, take a moment to subscribe, rate, or review us on your platform of choice. Before we get to this week's conversation with Kim Graham Miller, let's go around campus. Big congrats to the men's rowing Varsity 8 boat on winning the Cow Cup at last weekend's San Diego Crew Classic. Did you see the terrific diving catch by softball first baseman Bobby Aguirre? It was on ESPN Sports Center's Top 10 Plays, and if you missed it, we've got it on our website and on social media. Men's Golf hosted the UC San Diego Invitational at Torrey Pines last week, and no surprise, the visuals were stunning. Check out the drone flyover on the web or on the socials. And this week's University Credit Union Athletes of the Week are the aforementioned men's rowing varsity eight boat and two-time winner Caitlin Vu from women's tennis. Now it's on to this week's Triton Spotlight. Here's our conversation with track and field head coach Kim Graham Miller. Kim, let's start with UC San Diego. What made you decide to pursue the head coaching position here when it became available? Um, it's funny because, you know, I've been an assistant for so long. I think it was a great location. Um, I'm raising two daughters and um, I wanted them to kind of stay in California. Um, and I wanted to like grow myself a little bit, you know, after being an assistant coach for so long. I was kind of doing head coaching, a lot of head coaching, a lot of decision making. And so this was kind of like the perfect segue to like start at a place that um, wanted to start fresh into Division One. One is someone who had Division One experience. Um, one is someone who had worked in the UC system and also like started a championship team at UC Davis where I worked there, the same thing. They were already Division One when I got there, but um, we kind of started from the ground up. So, I mean, when you're coaching for so long, it's exciting to start something new. It just kind of gives you that that mojo, you know? <laughs> When you got here, or maybe after you accepted the position before you got here, but what's going through your mind in terms of where do you start? What's the biggest challenge in terms of building a program? Basically, just, I mean, learning the way UC San Diego, you know, kind of do things. I mean, every university is very different. So um, I think just kind of seeing what I have and then also trying to build from it. And just kind of filling in the holes, if there are any holes, um, and just kind of, um, you know, like I said, just starting fresh. So. You obviously, as you noted, you were an assistant at a number of stops for a long time, but now it's your program. You're the one in charge. Is there a different mindset you have to take? Yes, which I'm totally getting adjusted to. <laughs> um it's funny, I've always had a relationship with every every event area, um, even as an assistant coach. Uh, 
So that part has never been um, that difficult for me. But, you know, it's funny just being in this position, just learning all this different pieces as a head coach and just having time because I'm a relationship person. I like building relationships with everyone, especially the the scholar athletes that, you know, I'm leading. And I find that's been very difficult for me, like having time to build relationships with everyone, not just the particular people that I coach, but everyone on the entire team. I find that's been very difficult, you know, so far, but I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. (laughs) Well, you're getting there quickly. It hasn't even been that, that long. And, And in terms of that, you inherit a team for the most part. These aren't scholar athletes that you recruited, right? They were here before right. you. So right. how do you get to know them and understand their strengths and then learn where you and they can work together to improve? Yeah, it's been, um, yeah, it's just been, you know, on the job training, I guess I can describe it as um, just learning what works for them, my style of like my communication style. Um, yeah, it's been a short time, but I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I think as we spend more time in these meets, I'm getting to know um, a lot of the athletes and how they perform and what they require and their style of coaching. And if they're like, you know, me to get into it, you know, get on them or kind of sit back. Cause I'm very hands-on. Um, with a lot of the athletes. So just learning what works. So every meet, you know, starting with the first meet we had indoors, just kind of learning like, um, you know, what style they, that makes them kind of tick. You know, I started out just being very encouraging. Like I'm always encouraging. I understand track and field, just being an athlete. And then also just, you know, being coaching for so long, I understand that you have to have patience. So just having patience and just knowing that it's a big adjustment for me as well as them. And then trying to have all of us kind of meet somewhere in the middle as we get through the season. And for those who were returning and have been in the program for some period of time, of course, they were coached by Tony and Darcy legends and UC San Diego track and field who were here for decades. Mm -hmm. And so just by nature, you're a different person. You're going to do things differently. So was there a little bit of a give and take of this is how things used to be versus this is how they're going to be, you know, now moving forward? Yeah, of course. Yeah, it was definitely, it's, it's, it's an ongoing thing, but I think the athletes appreciate the drive and the push that we have moving forward and, you know, the places that I feel like this team can go. And, um, I, I really, and happy are the way they embrace me. Um, there's, you know, with every situation, there's always some hurdles, but. Um, hurdles, hey, I see what you did the, there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, <I'm doing>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, I'm up for the challenge. You know, I didn't come in here expecting it to be easy. And I'm not afraid of any challenges. Um, there are times when, you know, I know. It's going to be hard. Anything you work for, you know, it's going to be hard. So I'm up for it. Um, And I think it's going to be, it's going to be good. Yeah, it's going to be great. 
You come to UC San Diego most recently from Sacramento State, where you were an assistant for eight years. You worked with sprints and hurdles. You worked with relays. The Hornets were super successful. Six Big Sky titles, I think, in your eight years. Why was the program so good? Um, well, I walked into that program that had a tradition of championships. So that was even awkward because, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I walked in and that's, I mean, they only knew like championships. I think they won like 14. And so um, we, I just build upon it, you know, we just recruited and brought people in that had that, you know, that cha- championship mindset. The same thing I plan on doing here. Just bringing in people who want to get better, who where the sky is the limit, where you want to have that championship culture. Um, moving in Division One, I'm like you. It's it's your only mindset, you know. Like if you get out, you want to be better and you want to do good. We can win championships, and I think at Sac State, that's the kind of recruiting and the kind of kids we brought in, and I think we can do the same thing here. Prior to that, one of your other stops was, as you noted a couple of minutes ago, UC Davis. And so having some experience coaching a Big West program and a UC institution, how has that helped you early on in your transition here? Well, just, uh, you know, the busy type of scholar athlete that you get at those universities who are doing so many things and, um, you know, put they, you know, the type of kid you get that put a lot of pressure on themselves and just learning how to handle and how to coach that kid and just being encouraging um, and just learning their style. <laughs> it's a way different style, <laughs> you know, because, you know, there are days when they come out and you're like, oh, no, I don't think today is going to be a good day. Like <laughs> you've been up studying and just, you know, I think. I love these kids because I think they just want to soak up all kind of knowledge that you want to bring. You know, they're like sponges. It's like, okay, if you, I think they just come in not knowing how to handle it a little bit or what they've been doing haven't worked. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, you can't sit and study all day and not drink water. Like you got to get up, you got to stretch. And I think they're like soaking it up like sponges, like all the things you're like, okay, just don't sit for a long time. Get up a little bit, stretch <laughs> a little bit. You know, if you got class right after practice, sit somewhere where you can stretch your legs out. Like it'll help you recover. It'll help you be better and you don't get all tight. So I think those things, they've been soaking up like like a sponge with just different tips they can take um, moving forward to help them be, you know, good in a classroom room as well as good out on the track. And have you found in your time here that you've had to back off or maybe alter the practice plan or something because of the intense academics at UC San Diego and being on the quarter system? So it seems like it's always midterms or finals, right? Correct. Oh, yes, most definitely. I have backed off quite a bit. (laughs) You know, um, when I first got here, I my goal was to just ease in a little bit because I didn't want to make a whole lot of changes. Yeah, like I didn't want to I didn't want to come in and start tossing everything around. Everybody's like, holy smokes. You know, I wanted to like ease in a little bit. So I think I've kind of did a good job kind of easing in a little bit and, you know, making changes where I need to. I mean, the scholar athletes will remind you you need to make changes, you know. Because sometimes my will gets turning. I've been very ambitious <laughs> and had to step back a little bit because um, I, my scholar athletes know. I'll say, okay, this is what we're going to do. And it's like, nah, 
I don't think we can do that. So I've, yeah, I've had to step back quite a bit. We're chatting with Kim Graham Miller this week on Triton cast. Let's go back to your time as an athlete and were you always a runner growing up and how did, when did you get serious about track? Um, yeah, I was always a runner. I started when I was six years old. Um, my dad kind of started a, um, a youth track and field program in North Carolina and my older sisters ran and I always wanted to run too, just watching them. And so I finally was able to, when I got old enough, I was able to kind of join a team. Cause I was like, Hey, my sisters were fast. And I was like, Hey, I'm fast too. Nobody, you know, <laughs> being a third child, nobody really was like, well, let's see what you can do. And then they found out, Oh, she is kind of fast. So yeah, I've always been a runner like and then taking it seriously um I think I was like in the 10th grade when I actually started taking it seriously you know it's funny I I tell people <laughs> I made the state meet my my freshman year and I didn't go I didn't go to the state meet because I we were visiting my grandma and I went to go visit my grandmother so <laughs> they were like what you didn't go to the state meet I was like no we took a family trip and I didn't go and so I think like my 10th grade year, I was like, okay, is when I really started to get serious. Yeah. But you had your priorities in order, family first. <laughs> yeah. Family first, most definitely. But it's like the Virginia state me is a big deal. And they were like, you sure. made it and you're not going. I'm like, no. <laughs> you went out on top. You made it. You're good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Did you compete in other sports growing up? I did. I played volleyball. Yeah. In middle school, I played a lot of different things. I think I tried a little softball. I actually was pretty good. I, I made the softball team. All right. I was the only one who can throw from third to first. I played third. <laughs> <laughs> so I made the team and, and, but I really didn't like, it was boring to me. And I tried to play basketball a little bit, but you know, I'm short. So that didn't, and I didn't like high top tennis shoes, you know, so that didn't work out too well. And then Yeah, but so, you were in the gym playing volleyball. Yes, yes. I love volleyball. I come from a volleyball family. My two sisters play volleyball in college. They play D1 vo volleyball. And so, um yeah, I always loved playing volleyball. It was it was a good break from track and field. And so at some point, 10th grade-ish, you're serious about track, you end up going to Clemson for undergrad how'd you end up there um they started recruiting me um it's funny I really when I was talking to the coaches there they were actually starting something special at Clemson like it was more like a distance program and they were bringing in some sprinters and I just wanted to be a part of something special I thought it was you know we were building a sprint program and I thought it'd be really cool to be a part of that same thing here, just starting something special. I think it's always cool to start something from the ground up and build something. And I would hope that, you know, if you're a sprinter, you want to be a part of something like that. You want to come and be a part of being the, you know, the first sprinter to make it to NCs, the first, you know, person to be Big West champ, you know, the first person to make D1 NCAAs. Like, I think that's really cool to you know, be a part of that. And so at Clemson, what were some of your favorite memories as a Tiger? 
I would say winning championships. We won conference championships with a with with a very small group of women. Um, at that time, UNC University of North Carolina was a powerhouse. I mean, they had girls that were making national teams, and we was just you know a small group of you know women who were just fighting for a title. So I think my greatest memory it came down to the four by four once again. You know. I think I was, I've been chasing people down my whole entire life. <laughs> but, um, basically, it came down to the four by four, and we had to win the four by four to win the meet, and we had never beaten UNC ever. And they had their all star anchor leg who had made national teams, and I had to run against her. And um, it's, it's, it was very exciting. I let her go and then I kind of sat on her and the last hundred I passed her and we won the meet. So I think that's probably one of my greatest memories of being a tiger. I know you were also a three-time ACC performer of the year. Uh, the only woman to do so. What does that mean to you? Oh, that's awesome. I think they got tired of me winning, <laughs> 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 but yeah, that's, yeah, I think. I was just doing what I do, you know, just going out and competing and trying to win. And all the accolades just come along with that. Um, you know, I was just loving track and just trying to win. So. I know you were, you were a team captain as well at some point in your time in Clemson. How did you learn to be an effective leader? Um, I think I just always led by example, you know, um, I think just my whole family background, like, you know, and what my parents instilled in me, just kind of never giving up, do what you're supposed to do, stay humble. I think all those things I kind of try to inject in my teammates um, when they want to go astray. So I think I just kind of fell into that role because I always just kind of led, tried to lead by example. So just always finishing the workout, always giving my best, you know, always doing what I was supposed to do. I think I just kind of fell into that that role. And it just it's 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 taken me in a lot of places, even as a coach, you know, just trying to lead. Um, I think those, you know, skills and all those things that my parents instilled in me is still helping me along the way. But being a third child, did you find it hard to use your voice and be heard at first when you were younger? Yeah, <laughs> that's true, because I am pretty much. That's why it's so easy for me to leave, by example, I've always been kind of like a silent child, you know, um, because I did have two older sisters that were very vocal and still very vocal to this day. <laughs> but I found my voice. I found my voice in leading by example. I found my voice by by doing what I was supposed to do. I found my voice by, you know, doing what I was supposed to do and having success, you know. So people couldn't say anything if I, you know, did what I was supposed to do and then had success at it. So it's much easy to lead as a captain or whatever on my team because they watch me come out every day, give my best, and then have success. And so everybody wanted success, so they just kind of followed along. So my running has always been kind of my voice. When you 
finished your time at Clemson, was it your intention to keep running? Yes. Yes. So I signed a little developmental contract right out of um, college with the with the Nike team. Nike started a little developmental team and I signed with them. And it's funny, I signed as a 400 meter runner. And so um, that's when I started training for um, the 400 meters. And how did you end up representing the United States in the Olympics? How did that come to be? Um, prior to that, I had made, you know, some teams. I made a world championship team. I think my first team was back then. We had a lot of teams. Um <laughs> They don't hardly do that anymore, but I made some USA versus Great Britain teams, you know, I made the Pan Am team. And so I had made several teams. And so I was getting some good experience, you know, you know, making teams and, um, you know, doing the championship thing. And then I made um, my first world championship team before the Olympic Games. And so... It was cool, like getting to know some of the athletes and, you know, getting the experience, you know, running rounds and being on the championship teams. So I think that kind of, you know, helped me move forward, you know, heading into the Olympic Games and Olympic trials. Yeah. And so before the Olympic trials, you talk about competing in these world championships. What how did you get past the nerves and kind of the magnitude of the moment and soak it in. But also, you know, you were there to do a job. Yeah. I had some older teammates to help me along the way, just kind of handling the nerves, handling the rounds. Like they don't even do like I would have, there were times when I think my first world championship, I had rounds in the morning and then like rounds in the afternoon, evening. So that was tough to juggle too. I don't even think they do that anymore, but um, just my teammates who had been doing it for a while. I had some older teammates that was helping me along the way and just kind of just talking to my family and talk to my coach and just trying to, you know, manage my nerves. <laughs> Is that something that you think you were able to successfully do or do you think that still get, got you sometimes? It may have got me a few times. Um, I can't, I can't lie. <laughs> I think it got me a couple of times, but I was, I was, I was good at channeling it a little bit. I was good at releasing it before I actually ran. So I had like a little strategy. <laughs> so, yeah. And so then moving on to Olympic trials and ultimately the Olympic games, walk us through that experience. I can't even imagine what that must've been like. Stressful. Olympic trials was really stressful. You know, because, you know, you have rounds and you're like, I ran the 400 meters and there are rounds in the 400 meters and you're watching everybody PR and run really fast. And you're like, man, in order for me to make this team, I'm going to have to be like, I'm going to have to run really fast. Like everybody's running fast. And it's funny just watching the rounds and, you know, being in that moment and making sure you take care of yourself and you're getting your massages and recovery and all that stuff. So it's, it's a, big to do but um yeah I I had to like just really take one day at a time and just be calm in the moment and you know a lot of prayer 
<laughs> a lot of praying and just, you know, because, you know, when you're training for the Olympic Games, you're sacrificing quite a bit. You know, family time, like, you know, what you're putting in your body, like all the good snacks you're not eating. <laughs> like, it's a lot of sacrifice that goes in, like time and commitment and just, you know, um, believing in myself, you know, and just kind of believing in my coach and what we've been working so hard towards kind of was like, okay, I can't mess this up. Not only for myself, but, you know, I've worked hard for this. And then I also my coach has worked hard to get me here. And, you know, I'm carrying my family name. So those are things you think about, like when you're lining up, like I can't mess this up. <laughs> so sounds like yeah. you're adding more pressure to yourself. <laughs> I don't know. I think it just helps me like snap out of like nerves. Like, okay, Kim, like, you you know, you gotta, you know, step up to the plate, you know, you gotta rise to this occasion. So it helped me. (laughs) What support did you have from your family throughout this time? Because as you mentioned, you're not only making a lot of personal sacrifice, but I imagine they're making sacrifice sacrifices as well to support. Yeah, I mean, my family has always been very encouraging, just, you know, making sure, like, telling me, you know, how, you know, how good I am to stay at it, keep working hard, be humble. Like, yeah, just the encouraging words. Like, my mom was, like, my biggest fan. She was always, like, you know, encouraging me as all the time about everything I did, even my career. I think she would be happy to know, like, she didn't get to see it, but I think she'd be happy to know that I'm a head coach now. Um, She's always told me, like, you should be head coach. And I was like, no, maybe one of these days I'll be head coach. But I think she would be happy to see that, you know, I'm building my, my own program. And, you know, I think it all came from her encouraging words. You know, just helping me kind of trust myself when I had doubts. Our guest on Triton Cast this week is track and field head coach Kim Graham Miller. And so let's go back to 1996 and you're on Team USA and you're going to compete at the Summer Olympic Games. And they happen to be in Atlanta, Georgia, in the United States. What did that mean to you to put on the Stars and Stripes? Yeah, it's just it was like so awesome to actually be able once again to have your family and your coach and everybody kind of be there to see it. Um, Just a really exciting time. Um, It meant a lot for it to be in the U.S. Like it was awesome. Um, I was able to sneak away from the village a couple of times and just kind of hang out with my family. You know, if you're in a foreign country, you just stuck in the village, you know? (laughs) So it's nice to be able to get out a little bit and relax and not, you know, being the little dorm walls, just thinking about your race the whole entire time. So it was kind of nice to kind of have the opportunity to break away a little bit. Um, it was awesome. And then I think for me, just for my family to be able to come and watch me on an international stage um, instead of watching on TV, you know. So I thought that was really cool, too. And of course, the four by 400, you win gold. Can you put into words that feeling? <laughs> it's hard, but um, very scary because what people don't know, it's like you 
you you uh, warm up on a warm up track that's very far from the the stadium and then they drive you over to the stadium and then they have like a little warm up area up under the stadium and then when you come when you get ready to compete you come under the stadium out into the stands and then you see all the people like 88,000 fans screaming wow say so it's something that i can hardly describe like like everybody knows your name, know who you are, like screaming your name, screaming USA. It's, yeah, I can't even describe that feeling. It's crazy. Was that the first time you had competed in that kind of atmosphere and that size crowd, those kinds of things? Well, in the U.S. with people like screaming like USA, like really... <laughs> Yes, first time for that. But, you know, I had made the world championship team, which was, um, I think we were in, were we in Norway, I think. And, you know, over in Europe, stands are pretty full. But, you know, they're speaking a foreign language. It's just different. You know, when you're in the U.S., everybody is looking forward to the U.S. winning and everybody, like, knows who you are and trying to encourage you as you walk up under the tunnel and, you know, you got on the red, white, and blue and everybody's like excited. So it's, yeah, it's something I can't even describe. It's, it was, it's an awesome, it's an awesome feeling, like especially winning and then all the photos and all the media chasing you around. And yeah, it was quite an experience. Where do you keep that medal now? It's in a safe deposit box. <laughs> you ever see it or look at it? I bring it out sometime to encourage others. I remember the first time I held a Olympic medal. I think I was a junior in college. Um, I met a civil medalist and I was able to hold it, put it around my neck. So I like giving people the opportunity to do that because one day they may have their own. So it's nice to be able to see it, put it around their neck, see what it feels like. And so I bring it sometimes um, to show people. That's so amazing. I know after the Olympics, you also uh, won another gold at the world championships a year later. And then I know you had a, a 400 meter success in 1998 at the outdoor. Uh, were those the last couple of times you were in a competitive race? Is that when you stopped running competitively? I stopped like 2001. Okay. I had some like nagging injuries and, you know, after running for so many years, you know, I was like, okay, maybe this is my sign of like just moving on to like coaching and, you know, starting a family and doing that kind of thing and just being normal for once and not living out of a suitcase all summer, all summer long and traveling all over the place. So it was kind of nice to, um, you know, kind of settle down a little. <laughs> but was that a difficult decision though? Oh yeah, most definitely. You know, cause you know, anytime you retire for something, you always want to know what your next steps are going to look like, you know, and then coaching just, you know, it's having a transition from being an athlete coaching, just making sure that, you know, you have patience because not all athletes are like you, you know? And so just having that little transition, like, why not just do this? Cause you know, as an athlete, you do what it takes, you know, and not, and when you're coaching someone, not everybody is an Olympian or, you know, a world champion. 
So just having, just transition and having more patience in that area. <laughs> yeah. You got to slow it down for the rest yeah. of us. <laughs> yeah. But also in the late nineties, I think it was 1999, if I'm not mistaken, you were inducted into Clemson's hall of fame. What did that honor mean to you? Oh, that was awesome. You know, my experience as a tiger has been a great experience. Um, so that was, that was really nice. Um, it's funny. Like I said, I had a great experience at Clemson and I wouldn't change it for anything. Um, and so, yeah, that was a great honor. And let's, let's talk, we touched on it a little bit, but your coaching career. So you get into coaching as an assistant, obviously at first, and you've been, you know, we mentioned Davis and Sac State, but also other places such as um, Duke and Virginia. And so what have you kind of learned along the way that's helped get you ready for the position you have now? Just all the certain pieces that you have to put together to be a good coach. I mean, I think I learned um, every, I learned that as a head coach, you're only as good as your assistants. So you better have some good assistants around you if you want to be a good head coach. Um, that's for sure. Um, and just learning like how time changes with the different athletes that you have over time, you know, now it's like social media and then dealing with, you know, each year it's just something different De dealing with coming out of COVID and how different that was. And, you know, and just kind of each place I've been, it's just been a different type of an athlete that I've had to learn how to coach. So hopefully putting all those pieces together, learning all the experiences and the administrative part that it takes to not just coaching. Cause I think coaching is the easy part, but I think being a head coach, just putting all the administrative part together and also being able to do the fun stuff like coaching as is what um, like I'm learning now. So it's really cool. I think as you get older, you always got to try new things to kind of stretch yourself and, you know, to be better. And how have you personally been able to balance coaching, which is fairly all consuming, as you've been telling us, but also with family and raising a family? Oh, it's been sometimes I wonder how I do what I do. Um, it's it's quite a thing. You know, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, you could interview me in a couple <laughs> couple of years <laughs> from now. But yeah, it's it's quite a challenge. I have two daughters and and, you know. We, I have to make time. I have to try to balance it, you know, and it's just saying no or just delegating to other people, you know, just to get a break or two because I, you know, I do have two daughters that I'm raising and which are the most important thing and just finding time to just get that balance, you know, it's, it's a work in progress, but me just learning how to delegate a little bit more and just release it totally and just be okay with that. <laughs> Do they have a sense of just how talented you were? Um, are, I shouldn't say it in past tense, but your, or, your competitive yeah, or, success you had. <laughs> um, I think so. I think so. My daughter, she's watched enough videos of me running. I, I, I think so. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you were telling me before we started recording that you'll be inducted into the State Hall of Fame in Virginia later this month, which is a tremendous honor. What does that mean to you? It's really cool to be um, still getting awarded for my 
my work over the years of my career. So, I mean, it's it's pretty, I know how hard it is to get inducted to the Virginia State Hall of Fame. So I think it's really cool. I'm, I'm really honored. It's given me the opportunity for my whole family to come together, which we're all living different places. So it's kind of like a, a little reunion with a celebration. So it's, yeah, it's pretty awesome. And as you get old, you like take, you know, you can take what you get now. <laughs> Before you can accolades all the time, but now, you know, I've been removed from running for quite a time, quite some time now, but I'm still getting awarded for things. I think that's awesome. It is. And, and as you noted, you have to, you know, take advantage of opportunities to spend time with family, especially for the good things. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and in this case, it works out because your team happens to not be competing that weekend. So you actually get to go. Yes. Yes, it couldn't have been more of a perfect weekend. I was so excited to know that we had it off and I could actually attend. <laughs> that is so cool. Well, congratulations yeah. on that. Thank you. So let's talk about your team for a couple of minutes here. Several meets into the spring season now. Where have you seen growth? I mean, obviously you didn't have anything to compare it to being new yourself, but you know, from when that first indoor meet up at Washington State till this past weekend in Irvine, where have you seen growth? Oh, lots of growth. We're actually getting ready to kind of hit our stride. I'm really excited about hitting our stride, um, heading into our home meet in, in Triton. Um, I'm excited about that and hope that, you know, a lot of people come out and watch what we're doing. Um, from the very beginning, a lot of like, you know, I think the scholar athletes were excited because we we started out with our first indoor meet and just kind of um, learning, you know, how to roll with meets in my style. <laughs> and so, I, yeah, I've seen lots of growth, lots of growth with my freshmen. Um, I just try to stay encouraged, you know, keep encouraging them, I guess I would say. Um, and so, yeah. This weekend was a huge breakthrough for a lot of um, the athletes. And um, yeah, we're just getting, you know, I tell them sometimes it just takes a couple of weeks to get in your groove. And I think we're kind of getting in our groove right now. So that's exciting. When you're approaching these meets this past weekend at Irvine, the week before at San Diego State earlier this month or last month, I guess now at Cal State Fullerton, you're seeing a lot of the same teams, a lot of the same competition, right? Week in and week out, just based on right. geography, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. how much are you focusing on, oh, Long Beach is good at this or Fullerton excels here versus helping your team get better and not necessarily even worrying about who else is at the meet? Just a little bit of both, you know? I mean, you got to be focusing on other teams and see what they got and what they're, I mean... Moving forward, as we move forward, I got to see, like, what the competition is. I mean, of course, I'm looking to see, like, okay, is this person graduating? Like, what do they have? <laughs> of course. Of course, you're going to be doing some of that to kind of see what you're facing when you move in and how you can compete. Every meet, we're lining up with, with a lot of schools in the Big West and just kind of seeing how we look right now and what I need to move forward. That's always, like... That's always on your mind at every single meet. Of course, yeah, you're focusing on your athletes, but I mean, you're there all day. So you're watching like who's doing what. Oh, that person is a freshman. So I'm going to see that person in the next like three or four years. So, you know, and see how they're running and what they're doing and what I need to be able to build to compete with, you know, the schools in the, in the, you know, in the big ways. 
and you touched on it, but this weekend you'll host the Triton Invitational on campus in La Jolla at Triton Track and Field Stadium. Obviously, it will be your first time hosting that meet, but how exciting is it to have these other schools coming to your campus and your venue and get to show off a little bit in that way and also have your scholar athletes competing at home? Yeah, it's pretty exciting. You know, um, I really think the scholar athletes take pride in in competing at home. So I'm looking for some really good performances. Um, I'm excited to bring people on the campus. Um, it's nerve wracking because I want it to be a great meet. And I'm sure it will be, you know, hopefully I'll put the people in place to make sure this thing goes off without a snatch. But if it doesn't, then we'll, you know, we'll make sure everybody has a good experience. But I'm excited about it. Um, it's a lot of work. So we've been working, you know, we're going to be working really hard to make sure that everybody comes, um, come and, you know, have a good time. And I'm hoping that a lot of people come back to watch us and see what we look like, um, see what we've been doing, uh, you know, the past few weeks, check out the Tritons. So I'm excited. I hope a lot of alumni come back and watch us. It's been an interesting winter weather-wise, been a little wet, but it looks like you dialed up some good weather coming up this weekend. Yes, I saw it was going to be really nice. Yeah, we've we've had some, what everyone is telling me, some unusual weather in San Diego. I'm like, <laughs> I thought San Diego was warm. <laughs> like we've had some wet, warm weather. We had a great weekend of weather this weekend. First time we had like really just flat out nice warm weather. And so um, no rain or no, you know, a little bit of wind. So, um, yeah, I'm excited when it gets warm. That's when the track get hot and that's when we run fast times. So I'm excited about that. That's more your speed, huh? Yeah, it is. <laughs> and, and you mentioned alumni coming out hopefully this weekend to support the Tritons. I know that's something that will be important for you to develop over time is relationships with Triton track and field alumni. Obviously, you did not go to school here. You had not worked here previously. So how do you build that? Well, um, you know, through our whole staff reaching out through our distance coach, um, Nate Garcia, who has a big connection with the alumni, just helping me, introducing me to all the alumni and just me building my own relationships with them. Um, hopefully they come out to meet me if they haven't already. Um, just come out and watch and kind of see what we're doing. And hopefully we'll have more events in the future where they can participate. Um, we had they came out earlier for our little inner squad meet. We had a little, you know, welcome there. And I'm hoping they can come out again to to watch all the people, the local people who are here around in the area can come and watch. Well, Kim, thanks so much for joining us this week. Good luck this weekend and belated welcome to UC San Diego. Okay, thank you. Well, that was a Triton cast first, our first ever Olympic gold medalist. You can catch Coach Kim and the Tritons this weekend at the Triton Invitational right here in La Jolla. For tickets, visit ucsdtritons.com slash tickets. Well, be sure to join us for an all-new Triton cast next week, and make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss a moment. New episodes of Triton cast premiere each Wednesday. Thank you for listening to this week's show, and don't forget you can find us on all your favorite podcast platforms by searching Triton cast wherever you get your pods. And a reminder, you can listen to any of our 78 episodes anytime on demand, just visit ucsdtritons.com slash podcasts. For more on TritonCast, follow us on Twitter at TritonCast. And if you have a suggestion for a future guest, 
send us a tweet or email us at tritoncast at ucsd.edu. We'll see you back here next week. You've been listening to TritonCast. TritonCast is a production of UC San Diego Athletics Communications. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your platform of choice. If you have show questions or comments or suggestions for future guests, email us at tritoncast at ucsd.edu. You can also follow the show on Twitter at TritonCast. Thank you.